0: and welcome to episode number 58 of the Smackdown Wind Down slash AEW Rampage Late Night Razor. I am your host and humble guide Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 148 of Receptopia draws to a close. Happy Saturday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW winds down and happy Thanksgiving weekend to you all. I hope you had a hearty day on Thursday a very fun Black Friday but it is Survivor Series War Game Saturday going down live from the TD garden in boston massachusetts i will run down the complete card towards the end of this episode but i gotta flip it in reverse because yesterday at four o'clock p.m eastern aw rampage aired taped on tnt completely threw off my schedule but let's start from the beginning That was in the afternoon before SmackDown, which aired for the first time ever, I believe, on a delay due to college football running over by about 10 minutes. So this was just a very weird Friday night vibe going on. And what made matters worse was the fact that the UK fans were able to watch SmackDown live and they spoiled a big return on the timeline before the US viewers got to see it. So that sucked in every way. So I tried to avoid the timeline because the UK was ahead of us and they kept tweeting things during the show, which pissed me off, but it was still a fun night nonetheless as we kick things off with Rampage going down taped from the WinTrust Arena in Chicago, Illinois, as it was FTR's Cash Wheeler and Dax Harwood versus Top Flight's Dante and Darius Martin for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. I thought this was by far the best match on the show from yesterday. Great tag team action as Darius and Dante work beautifully together as always. I love the reverse leapfrog into a DDT courtesy of Darius to Cash Wheeler at one point for a very close near fall. We got stereo ranas into roll-ups by Dante and Darius to Harwood and Wheeler at one point as well, but eventually FTR regroups at ringside as we go to a picture-in-picture commercial break. We come back and Top Flight continues to give Wheeler and Harwood a hard time with Darius wiping out FTR with a dive on the outside. Dante follows suit, does not quite get the springboard lift for that dive, but he does wipe out Harwood with a beautiful crossbody from the top rope for a close near fall. Harwood recovers and lands a slingshot like a bomb. Cash Wheeler comes with a top rope frog splash on Dante for a close near fall as well. From there, Harwood floors Darius with a short arm clothesline. FTR goes to the big rig on Dante, but Darius breaks things up at the last minute as Dante catches Realer with a sunset flip into a jackknife cradle for a near fall. Dante lands a spinning DDT on Dax, and he comes through with a frog splash off the top rope for a near fall, which is broken up by Cash Wheeler. Riller lands an uppercut on Darius, which knocks him out of the ring, and from there, Darius is going to use his momentum they had a Spanish fly on Wheeler. Harwood is going to catch Darius with a brain buster. Harwood goes for a brain buster on Dante. That backfires. Z goes for a roll-up attempt on Harwood that had the crowd going for a very close near fall. But eventually, as Dante goes up top with a nosebleed, he gets hit with the big rig as FTR retains the Ring of Honor world tag team titles this was a really fun match great tag team wrestling top flight are such a great tag team and they're only going to get better with more experience here's hoping that both brothers stay healthy long term because they can be a force in the AEW tag team division for years to come FTR are amazing. They're having their best year ever. Harwood has been a revelation as a singles wrestler this year. He challenges Brian Danielson to a match this Wednesday on Dynamite. It is official. It is going to be a clinic. I cannot wait. But we did have the Gun Club, Austin and Colton Gun confronting FTR on the main stage. Could be leading to a championship match of some sort between now and the end of the year. It could be good, but um, if you're on the Gun Club, never if you're on FTR because you're incredible. But as always, we shall see. Next up is the Jericho appreciation society coming out as the old show the ring of honor world champion chris jericho comes out to gloat about surviving a shee this past wednesday on dynamite in his title defense which leads to claudio casanoli coming out to challenge jericho once again for a shot at the ring of honor world championship and the fans are giving claudio the what treatment how rude of you but i digress on that but matt menard daddy magic gets on the mic and he is going to make a suggestion In that Claudio, once upon a time, was a great sports entertainer and his talents could be better suited as a member of the Jericho Appreciation Society. So therefore, if Claudio faces Jericho for the Ring of Honor title at final battle and loses, Claudio must join the J A s and claudio says listen i was a great sports entertainer but i'm a better professional wrestler but i will accept your challenge if i lose i'll join you if i win i'm the champ plain and simple and it's official it will be jericho versus claudio once again a final battle ring of honor world championship if claudio loses he will be a sports entertainer once again i dread that outcome it's very likely i don't want to see it dear god almighty but oh well here we go I'm preparing myself now because that is going to be inevitable unless there's a swerve coming at the final Ring of Honor pay-per-view of the year. Next up is Darby Allin versus Anthony Henry. This was a fun match. Anthony Henry always delivers when he's given some meaningful TV time, and yesterday was no exception as he gave Darby Allin quite the fight. Darby wipes out J.D. Drake with a tope on the outside, which was meant for Henry. Henry responds by spitting in Darby's face, kicking him in the face, and sitting him to the barricade as we go to a very long picture-in-picture into a commercial break, We come back and Darby fights back with a cold red for a near fall, but we get distractions, interference, courtesy of J.D. Drake, who goes after Darby Allen, which leads to Sting circling the ringside area and going after J.D. Drake by sending his ass into the barricade in a great spot, but in doing so Henry is going to superplex Darby Allen from the top rope, goes for a falcon arrow but Darby is going to block that and land the Scorpion Death Drop followed by the Coffin Drop for the win a short time later. Physical matchup very good win for Darby Allen as he bounces back after some rough beatdowns courtesy of Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, Satnam Singh in recent weeks in the backstage area in the ring as well, but he and Sting got their win back at full gear this past Sunday on pay-per-view as they move on to better things heading into 2023 next up is Akari versus queen almanada and this match was all right for the time they were given as penelope forward and the bunny calls a slight distraction which allowed queen to jump sheeta from behind queen goes for an airway crash but Sheeta counters that with the sunset flip into a near fall and she takes a forearm strike and the falcon arrow fall up by the katana knee for the win as the bunny and Penelope Ford slink away backstage. As this feud must develop in the weeks to come on Rampage, Dynamite, Dark, Dark Elevation. This feud will continue at some point in the very near future. And now it is time for our main event featuring Roosh, the Butcher, and the Blade versus Dark Orders, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Ten. And this is a rare Rampage main event where the story is bigger than the match itself. As Ten was MIA for a large portion of this match, as you go picture-in-picture picture with Roosh, the Butcher, and the Blade dominating Silver and Reynolds. We got negative one and Evil Uno behesting and calling out Ten to join the fight he does. But in doing so, you can tell something is going down. Because for months, Roosh has been recruiting 10 to join his crew. And they've come to an understanding in recent weeks. You can kind of see the dissension between the Dark Order and 10 building and bubbling. And last night, it came to a head when 10 flipped on John Silver. The crowd could not believe it. Negative 1 is heartbroken on the main stage. Eve Uno being held back by the Butcher and the Blade as Roosh lands the horns in a corner to Silver for the win. After the match is over, the beatdown of the Dark Order is on at... As Evil Uno gets beat down by Ten, Roosh, the Butcher, the Blade, Silver suffers the same fate. Poor Alex Reynolds is chokeslammed through a table courtesy of Roosh and Ten. Negative One is heartbroken on the ramp as Ten walks up towards Negative One and drops his mask and he smiles about it like an evil bastard as he's turned on the Dark Order as Rampage goes off the air at the top of the hour. A very sad way to end Rampage. And I really don't like the dismantling of the Dark Order. It's just so sad to see Anna Jay gone, Ten gone, Stu Grayson gone, Coca-Bana gone, we only have three members left outside of negative one being the honorary head of the crew it's just crazy to see where we were a couple of years ago when this group was really hitting its prime and then we had the very sad passing of Brody Lee and I just thought that this crew would stay together as a unit to pay homage to him and to really carry on that legacy of what this crew could be even when he wasn't there to lead them anymore but I guess we're trying to ice the crew now and just leave the memories alone and i'm kind of sad about it but maybe one day we have one big old dark order reunion which will make me very happy but right now i feel for negative one and he needs to kick tin's ass as soon as possible to pay for his sins overall i thought this was a better than usual rampage great opener a very saucy emotional main event with tin flipping on the dark order and the middle was all right with darby allen and anthony henry and everything else was this a show on a Friday afternoon to get you through your Black Friday and your very four bellies after a very fulfilling and bountiful Thanksgiving. And now let's flip over to Friday Night Smackdown on Fox going down live from the Amica Mutual Pavilion in Providence, Rhode Island. And we kick things off with damage control in the ring involving Bayley, EO Sky, Dakota Kai, the reigning defending women's tag team champions, Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley team damage control as Survivor Series as a call out team Bianca Belair and Belair. Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Mia Yim come out, and Bianca does not beat around the bush as she introduces the fifth woman for Team Bel Air, none other than the returning man herself, big time Becky Lynch. She looks awesome as Team Bel Air took the fight to Team Damage Control with Becky going after Bailey with a Bexploder Suplex. Rhea Ripley tries to stand toe to toe with Becky Lynch, but Damage Control tells Rhea to stand down because they have the advantage tomorrow night at War Games. So that wraps up a very hot opening segment with the return of Becky Lynch looking better than ever heading into tomorrow night's PLE in Boston. Next up is a semifinals match in the SmackDown World Cup involving Santos Escobar versus Butch from the Brawling Brutes. I thought this was a very good match with Butch doing what he does best. joint manipulation going after the fingers and arm of Santos Escobar. Escobar does fight back by sitting Butch on the outside in a very rough spot. As we go to commercial break, we come back and Butch responds with a nice German suplex to Santos for a fall, but Santos fires back with that beautiful speeding to pay through the ropes to Butch that he lands directly on the announced table. Eventually Butch is going to go up top and break the fingers of Escobar, sends him on the floor as Butch wipes out Cruz del Toro and Joaquin with a moonsault on the outside before landing a DDT on Escobar for a new fall. We go backstage we got a fight between the Bloodline and the Brawling Brutes. We got Sheamus Drew McIntyre KO in the fight as well. Sami Zayn is conspicuous by his absence. Rich Holland is in the fight as well and this leaves Butch vulnerable to a distraction finish courtesy of Legato as Zelina Vega gets off commentary, gets on the ring apron to distract the referee long enough, Kuzo Toro and Joaquin Wow to cause trouble. They rock Butch, which leads to Santos landing the Phantom Driver on Butch to advance to the finals of the SmackDown World Cup next Friday on FS1 to face the winner of Ricochet and Braun Strowman later in the show. Really good match with a distraction-filled finish to close things out next up is Bray Wyatt coming out to a great ovation as always as he got booed this week because the fans want him to tap into his evil side his bad side his fiend side because that is where he does his best Andor or worst work as a villain and the fans want it desperately but Bray is trying to be a better person, trying to do the right thing and he denies being the one that attacked LA Knight last week and this leads to a big screen visual of Uncle Howdy telling everyone that Bray Wyatt is a liar. Stop lying to these people. Stop lying to yourself. You've seen what you've done your entire career. You've been a liar, a manipulator, a monster, a fiend. So lean into it. Stop running away from who you truly are. There's a phone number with a more psych evaluations by Bray Wyatt and it's creepy and I love it and this storyline continues to evolve. LA Knight talks shit once again backstage and then he gets beat down once again in another phantom attack by we presume Bray Wyatt and or Uncle Howdy as this storyline continues. I love this really wacky dynamic between LA Knight and Bray Wyatt. Both guys can talk on the mic. We'll see how they work together in the ring but this is by far what we need to get Bray Wyatt away from feeding with herself and with someone else at that to really get this new character over half end of the day and LA Knight is the perfect opponent he can talk he can work he can get the crowd going he's charismatic as hell and thank god he's no longer Max Dupree because that was a dead end gimmick to say the least next up is Hit Row versus the Viking Raiders with Valhalla formerly known as Sarah Logan at ringside supporting her crew and we got b representing Hit Row as well and poor Top dollar and Ashanti the Adonis were destroyed by the Viking Raiders. Top Dollar put up a good fight but he was laid out with a knee strike courtesy of Eric and then Ashanti's knee was giving him trouble and then the Viking Raiders slam him for the win as they are dominant and whooping ass on this show not mad at it. We'll see how Vajal affairs in a SmackDown women's division that quite frankly needs Jesus at this point because the lack of depth is staggering to say the least. Next up is our second semifinals match and the SmackDown World Cup involving Ricochet versus Braun Strowman. And on paper, you think Braun Strowman's got this thing in the bag, right? But we gotta go back to several weeks ago when Strowman fired off a tweet after beating Amos at Crown Jewel. And it was a surprisingly good match. It was a nice big hoss battle, but Strowman tooted his own horn a bit too much by noting this was a five-star classic between two big guys and flippy floppers need not apply here. We don't need that style of wrestling in our industry. It doesn't get over and the guys that specialize in high-flying and agility and acrobatics are pissed off for Mustafa Ali leader Ricochet. They felt some kind of way about it. Even management was like, what the hell? This guy tweeted Michael Cole, read the tweet, and read Strowman on air, and this leads to this match. And Ricochet was trying to dropkick and rock Strowman, get him off his feet, but Strowman does recover by slinging Ricochet into the barricade over the announced table with a tackle at one point as well, billing him halfway across the ring until the Intercontinental Champion Gunther comes out alongside Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci. They distract Strowman long enough for Ricochet to roll up Braun Strowman with the crucifix to advance to the finals of the SmackDown World Cup next Friday on FS1 against Santos Escobar we're getting a lucha underground redo I cannot wait for that and Imperium beats down Braun Strowman until Ricochet turns around makes a save and we have world peace as Ricochet and Strowman put aside their differences to get along and Strowman celebrates with Ricochet who beat him fair and square on this night despite the Imperium distractions of it all and I love it I love the fact that Triple H told Strowman in no uncertain terms don't tweet dumb shit again because It's dumb point blank period. Ricochet wins, very happy for him. I would presume that Ricochet beats Santos next week. He'll move on to face Gunther. They have a great rematch. He'll lose. And then we'll wait until maybe the end of the year for Gunther versus Braun Strowman for the IC title. They could delay it until the Warrior Rumble, in all honesty. I'm game for that as well. And this could be a surprisingly good to great match. But unlike last week, I do not want to see Gunther running away from Braun Strowman. That is a easy hell to the no. On top of that, I don't want Strowman no selling the chops because those chops are no joke. And when he took that second one, he felt the sting. He tried to no sell it, but honey, it hurts. Just embrace the pain and sell it. It'll make for a better fight. Because if Seamus and Gunther can deliver a five-star classic and not miss a beat and they're not scared of one another, I expect the same for Strowman and Gunther, by God. That's all I ask as a fan. Make it even, make it a big-cost battle, and it shall be good, if not great, if it's laid out properly with time to boot, of course. Next up is cinema, involving Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, and we got Jey Uso peeping through the door listening in on this very important conversation ahead of war games tonight in Boston as Kevin Owens warned Sammy that you know what the bloodline they're out for blood they're out for you can you trust them can they trust you because you know all of this is going to come crashing down on you eventually and why not strike first before they strike you and KO leaves Sammy with that bit of advice. And as Sammy goes into the locker room of the bloodline, Jay is right there ready to confront Sammy. And he catches Sammy in a lie. As he asks Sammy, where were you during our fight backstage with the balling brutes earlier tonight? And Sammy says, I just got here. I'm late. I apologize for it. And then Jay asks the question. So you haven't talked to anyone since you got here. And Sammy says, No, you're the first person I've seen tonight, Jay. Realizing he just got through talking to Kevin Owens. And Sammy goes in the locker room. Um, Unbeknownst to him, Jay heard everything and he knows Sammy's lying. And the video never lies. And I cannot wait to see how all this plays out heading into Survivor Series, War Games later tonight it's going to be a big story heading into the end of the year and ultimately the royal rumble which could lead to a big storyline at wrestlemania as well but i love this plot point so much jay is so ready to snap on Sami Zayn for being an interloper a mole a somebody causing trouble in his family the fake ass ooze Us, sammy uso stirring up the pot in the best possible way for us but possibly in the worst possible way for the bloodline at the end of the day next up is Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Shotzi and supposedly Raquel Rodriguez but they got the jump on her backstage prior to this tag team match this was a nice cold match to be honest with you Shotzi had her moments here and there then Raquel comes out to try to even things up but she taps out to a Ronda Rousey bar. and I thought to myself why because earlier this year one of Ronda's better matches was against Raquel Rodriguez it's a match she can go back to and it will be very competitive and fun but you made her tap out despite the beat down backstage it kind of gives her an out for this loss but it's still a loss as shot looks incredibly weak heading into her smackdown women's championship match against Wanda rousey tonight at survivor series war games i just think this division is so soft right now and we need star power and i really hope that becky moves to smackdown and that they can find a way to reignite Becky versus Ronda, the singles match we've been wanting for the last four or so years. If they can find a spark heading into WrestleMania, I'm all in because this division needs all the help it can get at this point. And now it is time for our main event featuring the Usos, the reigning defending undisputed WWE tag team champions versus Drew McIntyre and Sheamus with the brawling Bruce at ringside. This was a very fun match with a great story at the end with Jay's ongoing issues with Sami Zayn. As we remember, Jay overheard Kevin Owens talking to Sami Zayn and Zayn lying about that conversation afterwards, which played a role in the finish of this match as McIntyre and Sheamus were on offense early on against the Usos. So as we go to commercial break we come back and Jay makes a blind tag and says Seamus on the outside but pulling down the top rope Zayn gets to Seamus's face and then Jay gets in Sammy's face as Kevin Owens reminds Sammy these guys are going to turn on you first watch your ass basically McIntyre makes the tag and he goes wild with the net breaker on Jay follows things up with a spine buster on Jimmy Drew goes for the Claymore but Jay grabs his leg as Jimmy and Jay send McIntyre into the steel steps as we go to another commercial break we come back and Jimmy lands the Splash in the corner to McIntyre. McIntyre follows through with a knee strike, which allows Sheamus to get the hot tag. Sheamus delivers an Irish Curse backbreaker to Jay Uso, followed by 17 beats of the Battering. Drew tries to join in by delivering those same beats to Jimmy, but they are going to throat check Sheamus and McIntyre at the last possible moment. From there, Sheamus catches Jay with a knee strike for two. Sends of the bro kick, but Sami Zayn jumps on the apron to break that up. Sheamus knocks down Sami once again. Jay takes advantage and rocks Sheamus the super kick for a very close near fall so jay and sheamus are fighting on the top rope and sammy zane behind the referee's back is going to shove sheamus off the top rope and help jay a bit as jay lands a frog splash on sheamus for a very close near fall this leads to a brawl between solo and and Rich Holland, we got a fight amongst ourselves at ringside until Drew McIntyre hits everybody with a flip dive on the outside in a great spot. Sammy goes for one of the SmackDown tag team title belts to help Jay get the win on Sheamus to gain the advantage at war games for the bloodline. Kevin Owens says, what are you doing? I'm not going to let you do this. So Sammy gets in the ring and he's going to hand the belt to Jay. But the referee catches him and he ejects Sammy out of this match from the ringside area and as all of this is going on, KO gets in the ring and delivers a stunner to Jey Uso. And that allows James to hit the Brogue on Jay to pick up the win to gain the advantage at War Games so for the Balling Brutes alongside Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens. The show ends with the baby faces standing tall and Jay staring a hole. Through Sammy Zayn, cause he does not know this man's true intentions. Heading into Survivor Series War Games tonight in Boston, we do know that Sammy lied about not talking to anyone prior to entering the building tonight. He talked to Kevin Owens. They had a conversation. We'll see how all of this plays out tonight. This promises to be one of the most dramatic War Games matches since his re inception in WWE five years ago. It will trump. All NXT war game matches with very few exceptions. The stories being told in this match are everything. Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Sami and Jay. Sami and Roman. It's so fucking layered and I love it. And you don't know what's going to happen. Who's going to eat the pin. The fallout on FS1 next Friday. Heading into the Royal Rumble. Ultimately Wrestlemania. There is an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in Montreal. Which happens to be the hometown of Sami Zayn. And Kevin Owens, it's gonna be the atmosphere in February if they play into that storyline long enough. Because my dream scenario remains the same. I want KO and Sam to be a tag team. I want them to beat the Usos for those titles either at Elimination Chamber in Montreal or at WrestleMania in LA in April. Either option works for me, but the groundwork starts tonight, depending how this War Games match ends, between the Bloodline and the Brawling Brutes. All in all, I thought this was a solid SmackDown nice-go-home show heading into tonight's War Games, going down live from the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. As of right now, the lineup is as follows. Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi for the SmackDown Women's Championship. We got Finn Balor versus AJ Styles one-on-one. We We've got Seth Rollins defending the U.S. title against Austin Theory and Bobby Lashley. We got War Games match number one involving Team Bianca Belair. Belair, the Raw Women's Champion alongside Asuka, Alexa Bliss, Mia Yim, and the fifth woman, Becky Lynch, versus Team Damage Control. Bailey, Io Sky and Dakota Kai, the women's tag team champs alongside Rhea Ripley and Nikki Cross. Then, the men's war games match involving the Bloodline, the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions, The Usos, Solo Sokoa and Sami Zayn versus the brawling brutes, Sheamus, Rich Holland, Butch alongside Drew McIntyre and Kevin Owens. It's going to be a fun night. The final major PLE for the main roster this year as we let the war games begin. And on that note, this wraps up episode number 58 of the SmackDown Wind Down slash AEW Rampage, Late Night Rager. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Receptopia. They can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows. They're on the semi-daily, recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night SmackDown next week on FS1 and AEW Rampage back at its regular time at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern, 9 central, only on TNT. You know what to do such of Topia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Radio TuneIn plus Amazon Alexa and Spotify. I'll be back Tuesday morning with episode number 149 of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. Until then, enjoy your Saturday, your Sunday, and your Matic Monday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.